Welcome to Snap Crackle Podcast Reviews, Captain Marvel. Featuring Tim. My bad. Mike. Was it something I said? Morgan. Soldier, straight out of high school. And Ben. <laughs> We're not going to watch your film. We're going to review it. Where's your head at? In the clouds. Where's yours? On my shoulders. About to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. That's right. Alright, so today we get to talk about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. So... As the intro stated, I'm your host, Ben, joined here to my left by Mike. Howdy. Hiya for the festival, baby. That's right, baby. Swing. Somehow it's done. Across from me is Tim. What's up? And to my right is the soldier straight out of high school, Morgan. Where's your head at? In the clouds. (laughs) So we get to talk about Captain Marvel, and like we did with our other review, I kind of want to talk about everybody's kind of going in. What was your feeling? Did you have any preconceived notions either about the character, Marvel Studios as a whole, anything like that? Mm. So going in, this is Marvel. You know, you expect great things from Marvel all the time. And actually, I had this conversation with somebody where they said, oh, you know, it's not going to be that good. I hear it's going to be kind of terrible. And I was like, listen, if it's as bad as the worst of the MCU, it's going to be fantastic. So I was excited. Okay. I went into it with absolutely no preconceived because I didn't read a lot of the Marvel stuff or the Captain Marvel stuff. So it was just one of those. I enjoyed the movie. Like Tim, I I wasn't very familiar with like Captain Marvel. Never really read it, and but I've been I've really been enjoying learning about new Marvel heroes in the Marvel movie universe. Just like Guardians of the Galaxy was amazing. Like I never I didn't know who Guardians of the Galaxy was like was before the movie, and I thought you know and I really enjoyed it. So that's what I'm I'm really enjoying going into these movies uh, with not knowing anything about the character. And then, you know, kind of learning as a moviegoer instead of a comic book reader. So like a normal human. Yes. Right. There you go. Being spoon-fed all your stuff. It feels nice being normal. <laughs> it's sugary-coated. sensation. I'm the, I'm, the fat, I'm the fat little baby just throwing, throwing the pudding everywhere. <laughs> there you go. That sounds wonderful. Well, mine, um, I know I had talked to, I think, all of you about this part of going in. And you guys said I was crazy. And maybe you guys still think I'm crazy. Well, we definitely still think you're crazy. I was worried about this movie. Not because it was a female-led film, not because it was Marvel, not because of anything else, but specifically because of the character this movie was going to be based off of. And for me personally, Carol Danvers is a character that was really difficult to write for in the comics. I've only enjoyed her in other comics uh, a few times, and that is simply because of who she is. She is very stoic. She is very powerful. She's very competent. So it's very hard to get drama out of that character. Mm -hmm. Like, she's very sure of herself. Like, she knows what she's doing. So in the comics, and and I also kind of felt this way, I kind of got that from, like, Professor X, a lot of the Illuminati, actually. Professor X, uh, Black Panther, these are people who are very competent. They're very competent. They know what they want. They know how they're going to do it, and they're just smart people, so it's there's not a lot of drama there. Oftentimes, it's a lot of cut and dry. This exactly, is the they're is. very black and white characters, which is fine because those people really exist. But I thought this was going to be difficult for them to bring to the big screen. 
And and like to speak to like the complexity of Carol Danvers, isn't there a a storyline where like she was actually raped, had a alien child who then they like had sex with? I have no idea. Yeah, wow, that's, that's something that happens. This was like in the eighties, so that must wow. have gotten cut yeah. from the film. I'm sure, that was in early <laughs> versions of the script they wanted to yeah, make. Yeah, I'm sure. So uh, right off the bat, before we even get into it, um, one one of the best parts of the movie, maybe I'm showing my hand too much, but the opening Marvel logo was changed for this film when yep. you go in to watch it, and all the heroes were replaced with Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Stan Lee. So I thought I thought it was really well done. It caught me off guard. All I, of his cameos. Yeah, all of his cameos, other public appearances, stuff like that. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a nice way to kind of, I don't know, remember the man, the myth, the legend, Stanley. It was awesome. Yeah. Okay. And cool. it makes you excited, you know? So the movie starts and it starts pretty quickly. She is having these flashbacks to a crash. There are some aliens. She wakes up. She's on Hala. All right, this Cree homeworld. You see the cityscape. She goes to Jan Rog, played by Jude Laws. Played by Jude Law. His character. <laughs> like, what? It's Jude Laws. What is Jude Law? Yeah, Jude, Jude Law's Law. face. Well, what, what is he's the here Law to train Cree super warriors and sleep with nannies, and he's all out of super warriors. So you better watch out. <laughs> so she goes to his room. She's like, You want to train? You want to fight? So we get that. All right. And they start training and they start fighting. And he says things like, your emotions are keeping you back. You know, this, that, and the other. And then we see them on a train. Typical and they're going, karate stuff. They're going, they're going to talk to this supreme intelligence. Because she can't keep her power in check. Because she, she can't check her blew, emotions. She almost blew a hole in him, apparently, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. With her, with her sunbeams. So, off the bat, in that opening scene, I think it's okay... But on multiple viewings, watching that scene again and again, it does seem like they're trying really hard. And I don't know if that's the writing or if that's Brie Larson's performance. And I'm going to keep coming back to this. And once again, maybe this is just me. I love Brie Larson. She's amazing. I've seen her in other stuff and I've loved her. This movie is not her best work by far. So can we actually, can we go ahead and say now our thoughts of the film first real fast? Kind of go around and no, get no, into no, no, that? Because no, no. I know you're starting into the timeline, but... Yeah, we're in the timeline. Yeah, now. I want to. We I can't wanna, go back. I want to say what. Well, no, how so I talk feel. about how you're feeling in this scene. No, it's so boring. <laughs> Was that how you're feeling? Yes. So you're bored with this opening already. Okay. Well, how are you guys feeling? I felt it was pretty cool. I mean, it was. It seemed a bit forced because as you know, you pan up across the cityscape, it the camera just can't help but focus on the back of her neck, and you're just like, yeah, this is gonna come in later. <laughs> for all of it, every single thing in this opening scene was all foreshadowing. And, you know, that's kind of most opening scenes. Well, it was all obvious foreshadowing. She goes to her mentor and she starts fighting him. She's got this thing on her neck. Like every, she wakes up with the bad dreams. Every single part of this was just a foreshadow after foreshadow. After foreshadow. I'm talking more about her, her performance there when they're fighting. Um, the whole little like, oh, I slipped. And he's like, no, I was hitting you. It's like, I was slipping before you hit me in the face. Like she's, it's like they want her to be kind of like snarky yeah but it's kind of like she's just going through the motions and saying the lines yeah it seems forced and i don't know if that's once again is that because she doesn't have any memories and she's this kree super soldier now is that the writing is that her performance either way it feels flat to me and as a matter of fact this whole movie looks flat to me there is no artistic direction in this entire film 
That's not on Brie Larson, by the way. That's <laughs> How the, dare you, Brie? That's that's a DP Who art director. The director for... It was directors, and I can't think of their name. We can look it up later, but they don't leave any stamp or mark on this movie. This could have been churned out by a Cree AI, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it felt that cold. It felt the, that those, cold and boring. Those like uh, if an AI wrote a movie yeah, or this, something. This like... might be it. Like they showed it Wonder Woman a hundred times, and it was like, all right, make a movie. And the AI is like, okay, <laughs> this is what we will do. <laughs> Woman walks in. She stands. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. So you guys are liking it from the beginning. This little I, sequence. I I mean like it's I thought I I do I I know why I see why you thought it like it would be considered boring but I, it's also like necessary like you kind of have to eat your peas before you get to your meat and potatoes it's an it's an origin story you know like that's an assumption that all origin stories are bad though and I don't no, agree well, with no, that no 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 it's not that it's bad but like I I I just think that we're kind of bored with origin stories at this point in the MCU and so. If this was if this was you know one of the first three movies that we got, it might have been well, more interesting. And we'll talk about that, but my point is, I look at you know the first Thor, first Captain mm-hmm. America, first Iron Man, first Ant Man, first Doctor Strange. Those are all origin movies, but the difference there is, I'm I think I'm more in tune with the performances of the main character, even when the story might be a little lacking. Does that make sense? Yeah. Even still, though, those opening scenes all grabbed me from the beginning. Well, what do you mean by in-tuned? Like, I'm interested in what they're doing. All right. Anytime Brie Larson opens her mouth, and we're going to come back to this a million times, they keep saying that she has to keep her emotions in check. I would have killed somebody to just see any emotion once at all. That wasn't just lit up on her fist. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's ILM coming in and giving them emotion. She's like, she's like just saying these things. And I'm, I don't know. Flat. Yeah. I mean, because I always thought, because I, I, to me, that just, it just seemed like because she was supposed to be keeping her emotions in check. And so it's like, you know, that's that. And that I would didn't make see sense. the fight. Duality. That, yeah. I didn't see her <laughs> fighting against her emotions. Yeah. We never see that. We never see that really resolved. She seems, she seems just as flat and plain at the end of this movie as she does at the beginning. And yeah. I mean, one thing that did seem weird was like, all right, you got to control your emotions. But yet, her emotion was her shooting him with lasers. Yeah, it wasn't. And so, it would be, make sense. You got to control your powers. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really see how her emotions tied in with there her was, powers. Yeah, there was no... There was, they never really went into that. Anyway, so, she meets the AI, and the AI in the comics is a giant head. I was hoping we would see that. <laughs> giant baby head? No, 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 no. Oh. It's not MODOK. <laughs> but it is. It's, it's like MODOK minus the body, and it's giant, it's green, and it looks weird. And I was hoping we'd see that. But it apparently, the AI appears to them... As someone that they admire, or the person they most admire, is what they say. And it appears to her as a net binning. I'm pretty sure mine would be a net binning too, but that's just me. <laughs> so she shows up. We don't know who she is. And she tells her, like, you got to keep your stuff in check because what can be given can be taken, but you've got a mission. All right. And once again, we're, we're, we're talking about how we're feeling in this opening scene. It is moving quickly. I want to give the movie Very. credit. They yeah. don't drag their feet here. Mm-hmm. Like, we're into this first mission with Star Force. Once again, I know that's from the comics, but can we please not say it out loud? <laughs> but I want to! <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like, goodness I mean, gracious. like, third Kree stealth unit or battalion. You Buzz know Lightyear I mean? to Star Command. Like, yeah, we get it. Okay, we get it. So it's it's a cool little moment where we see her. Now, now I'm a little confused, even after having seen this movie three times already. I get the... She goes to the AI, the Supreme Leader, because she can't control her 
emotions once again, her powers, whatever. Right. She says, "Oh, you've got a mission though," and she seems excited. And she so has she been on Here's, these missions? This is what I think. No, yeah, I, I think I, everybody actually goes mission? to the AI. It's 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 a part of the process of getting on the Star Force is going to the AI. So, so this kind is of her first mission on Star Force. And it's also her first time to the AI. She's not going to the AI because she can't control her emotions. She's worried that the the AI is not going to give her the mission because she can't control her emotions. This is why I'm always nice to my Google Home. That's what I think. <laughs> that's what I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a mission, Ben. Go get eggs, and, and bread, and milk. <laughs> more than... more <laughs> than Ordering than, from Amazon. And, and that goes to something that I want to go back... I'm going to go back to. And it's more than acting. I feel like the pace... Of the movie was really weird, where it was like some like like we sped through that first you know couple of scenes. We're gonna speed through things that I think are more important and focus on things that I don't think are. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. But this mission starts off. We're introduced to the different members of Star Force. Don't remember all their names. I do remember the guy that says who from Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> is is on that team. Uh, yeah. Korath, and so he's on there. You're getting some tie-ins. Um, and they they start this mission. We learn that they have to go find this guy that's this spy that's been gaining intel. So they're intel, on this planet, yeah. and I'm at this point. I'm kind of into it. They say that the accusers are doing a bombing run, and he talks to Rowan, yeah. and like, oh, yeah. that's a cool little thing, you know. Right. So they're bombing, which hides they're they're sneaking onto the planet. They get on there, they shoot out underwater, and she's got the freaking amazing comic book accurate helmet on, and it pulls her hair up into like a mohawk, and it looks freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And she's underwater, and they've got the little blue thing so they can breathe, which was cool because that also tied in. There's a few things from Guardians of the, the, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the jump points that they use in space, that was from Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. and the little blue force field so you can breathe, that was from Guardians too. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool way yeah. to keep it all. All together, it's like they're in the same universe Tying or consistent, something. Tying yeah, it. like crazy. Tying it together. S- similar crazy. technology. Well, that's the yeah. point of this film is to tie it together. Yeah, hopefully there is a point <laughs> it, by the time we get to the end of does it, it. Does it look like Ronan's ships kind of look like Thanos' ship? I mean, From, they look they look like they look like variations on how his ship looked. Giant, I think in the Guardians, giant spacey yeah. looking. I mean, they, they, it's could be a, it could be a similar design. I don't Just know. like how all those ships in Star Trek look similar, maybe, but maybe not the same. I don't know. I took it as more foreshadowing for maybe Thanos coming. I don't know. So they're on the planet and she has an idea and they say, oh, there's only one way in and one way out. But I thought it was kind of cool. Like you get to see they're kind of like G.I. Joe's. They each have their own little thing to do. There's the sniper. There's the big guy. There's the swordsman. There's the yeah. You're like, OK, this is kind of fun, you know. So they go in and they're setting it up for the toy line. Yes, setting it up for the toy line. Absolutely. It's very toyetic. The video game. So there's no video game. Thank goodness. So they set up, and you get we. This is where we get our first scroll moment. All right, where Minerva, the sniper, is like trying to figure out that the music's tensing up, and he, the guy, shows up. He's like, "No, they're just they're just starving refugees. Uh, you know, there's no there's no greens down there." And then she looks through and sees that guy, Atlas, I think his name is, down there, and she knows that's a scroll. Fights it, k- kills it. We get that amazing moment where you kill him, and they turn into these mm. green hobgoblin looking mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's the, this is awesome. This is still within the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yes. Yeah. This is awesome. This is what scrolls bring. This is what Secret Invasion was like. You know, every other page, you're finding out somebody's a really a green hobgoblin scroll and it's amazing. Or they've been this whole time. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is what, this is what they're bringing to the movie. I'm excited for this to happen. And then she hears over the crackly comms as she's trying to get in touch with this spy that... It's a setup, and he turns out to be a scroll. The scrolls capture her, and we go into her brain. 
All right. So this next segment is us, once again, speeding through things that I think would be really, really important. And like we get voiceover from Talos, yep. who is the main scroll man. And he's like, open her up and let's go in. Oh, go back. Yeah, he's and like the general or something. I feel like his voice was really the voice of the directors and the writers. They go back to these interesting scenes. He's like, no, we've gone back too far. Scan. No, no. Fast forward. No, do this. No, we don't need to see this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's editing this movie. You know, they're just like, we don't need to see this. I personally, like I've told you guys before, my pitch for this movie would have been Marvel's G.I. Jane. You know, like that's what they should have made. I think more of her and the armed forces, especially at a time historically where, like they point out, women couldn't fly. That would have been a much more, more of the movie being about Which, that and, and her that overcoming was, that because the military and the Kree are very similar with the and emotions would, and fall in line and do this, that, and the other. You could have, I don't know. And that would have been, and that was back then. So this, this takes place in the 90s. So that would have been in like the 80s. Yeah. Early, well, the crash, the early crash takes mid-80s. place in the 80 and 89. Yeah. So yeah, this would have been mid eighties. Yeah. So I think I think they definitely could have done that. I think that would have been much much better. But like I said, like I feel like they were trying to like make an origin story and with a twist or something instead of just a straight origin story. Like all right, here in chronological order, here's what happened. You know, you're starting kind of in the middle of her origin story and, and at I get the point you. where she don't get remember. You. And that does work. That works in the hands of competent directors, competent writers, and competent actors. It's called Born Identity. It's called Memento. It's called every exactly. movie where you learn about a character through their actions, not through exposition, right. like we get in this movie. It's, everything is exposition. Everything is exposition. I'm like, don't tell me, show me. It's a movie. And like, like it's it's like starting Thor at the point where he's on Earth, you know. You could do that. I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I, you know, what I mean, like that's what that was the deal, and it, I don't think it really worked too well as far as like a pace goes. But the idea, the idea, once again, the idea, yeah, the idea is sound. It's just the execution. Like you're, you're you as the audience is learning as she learns what happened and who she is. But and, that, but you're not though. That's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. That is the problem with this movie. You could ask anybody. You could ask my mother, who doesn't know anything about Marvel, right? I could say, when we got to the movie theater, she's probably seen a trailer, maybe, right? And I said, who is that? She'd be able to say, well, that's Captain Marvel. She shoots things from her hand. She flies through space. She does this and the other. The average moviegoer already knows the answers to these questions. Mm -hmm. When you're so far in front of your main character, right, you you have to sell me on something else. Whether it's the visuals, whether it's the action, whether it's the acting, whether it's the writing. And if I go down that list, none of those things are really standing out to me. So I think that's where the movie really, really messed up. As they tried to do this really clever thing, the execution just wasn't there. So through this, though, we learned that as a child, she wrecked a go-kart and she liked to go fast. And we also learned that she should have killed herself when she fl- fell off that rope <laughs> in the Air Force. Because I've seen yeah, that, that flip like three times now, and I'm like, what up. the world? Yeah. Someone's like, you're going to kill yourself. I That's know. one of the voices. They're like, they're going to kill yourself. I'm like, they're right. I want to know what the hell kind of military training like activity that was. Like, I've never seen that before in my life. I mean, like, like she, they had to jump from rope to rope. 
like yeah. 50 feet up in the air. Don't like, you know in the wait, 80s? you didn't have to do that in basic? No. In the, in the 80s, we did that was, in middle school. What kind of training is that? Like, we are training you for to swing like Tarzan No, no, in the, the 80s, jungle, it was like, just Ninja Warrior. That's exactly what it was. That it was, was basic. Ninja Warrior, yeah. Basic oh was Ninja God. Warrior. And you, you had Squid Man next to you, and you had to jump over the little things, not fall in the water, and like, all right, you're good enough to fly a plane. Like, woohoo! So that was, that was essentially what they wanted to do. So they're going to skip over a lot of important stuff. We're going to see her wake up, though. And she's in scroll. She's in scroll captivity, and she's upside down. Mind you, she she didn't just wake up. She fought, willed her way or something out of like whatever brain and, trap and maybe, she was and maybe, in. And maybe that's what they were trying to show us. What I what I took it as is it was just so overwhelming since they were overdoing and redoing things. She right. was kind of. It was not making sense they in her brain. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they I, I never got that she willed herself out of it. Right. If that's what they were supposed the, to do, show it once again. again. Show it again. Yeah, which I will say, focus, and, and this focus. is our this is our first yeah. real this is our first real scene with Talos, even though he he took her in. I love that there's the little scroll that's over her head, and he kind of taps her forehead, and he's like, "That did something." So yeah. Do it again, like she's a TV or something. You know, I love that. <laughs> try love it that again. Little, yeah, try it again. And he's like tapping her forehead, so she breaks out. Right, she's got these metal things on her on her arms and this is probably one of the best parts of the movie too she's got to fight her way out of scroll captivity she doesn't know how to get them off her arms i guess the only way is to just punch them off and that was kind of a really cool scene yeah it was a good fight scene and like uh no like she didn't have her boots on so she was like running around barefoot yeah real die hard-esque it was it was it was cool and that was where i i love that moment where the scroll yell you know screams at her and she screams back and then hits him with the yes. thing and he goes flying and <laughs> yes. all that stuff is going on um so we 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 get to see that she's really tough finally she just once again though the answer to all of her problems is just photon blast from her fist if you do that long enough it's going to fix everything in this movie and it does take off the little metal restraints and she gets onto a little pod and she escapes. Now, the reason she escapes Spaceship. and she and she lands on Earth is because we found out when they were in her head, they found out, oh, Dr. Lawson and her memories was on Earth or C-35. C-30, C-35? Something like that. So, Terran. Yeah. Terran homeworld. <laughs> so that's where they were already moving. So when she gets out of her escape pod, that's where she crashes, and she lands in a... Blockbuster. Whoa! And there is the beginning and the ending of all the nostalgia in the movie. <laughs> and it was in all the trailers. And that was so, <laughs> so... amazing. And, like, like, and I, I saw that in the trailer, and I looked forward so much to this being like a period piece in a time that I actually remember, right? that I was around yeah. for. I, was I used to work too. at Blockbuster. <laughs> You know, so yeah. like it, that would have been, and and like I, I had but, a lot of late fees to block. This also that. lets us know that it takes place in '95, as True Lies came out in late '94 and had an early 1995 VHS release, mm-hmm. and that is the cardboard stand mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, so that's going to come Lies, back uh, yeah. for some other inconsistencies I've found. But you know, in the third viewing, you get bored with the dialogue. Oh wow! Yeah, know, Wait right. a second. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to land there, and there's actually I like the scene where she walks up to the security guard. And she knocks on the window, and he's like, he's obviously seen her not just fall from the sky and into it, get up, blow off Arnold Schwarzenegger's head on the cardboard cutout, and then walk outside, and he's still kind of in shock. So she's like, um, are, you the, are you the head like security deployment or whatever? And he's like, the movie theater has its own guy. But like, so she says, where can I get communications equipment? And here's the thing. This is a great scene, but just like everything else in this movie, you see it coming from a mile away. 
You know I, I he's thought, going yeah, to point to a Radio Shack. I said, and I was like, I was watching. I, I said Circuit City when I was, oh, when I was predicting. I, I said Circuit City, but yeah, I knew even it was in '95, nobody went to Circuit City. <laughs> well, no, but I knew it was going to be like something. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, so it was funny. And then she uses that communications equipment to call her squad because mm-hmm. she hasn't been in touch with them since the ambush. And she has this communication with Jan Rog. And once again, no surprise here. He's like, well, there was a mission, and I'm only clear to tell you so much. Is anyone shocked? That he's the bad guy, that the Kree no. are confused. Once again, yeah, this this setup as is so as obvious. As soon as he talked about controlling your emotions, yeah. I knew he was the villain. I knew, all right, that's going to be the bad guy. Somehow he's the bad guy. Also, it's also a good rule of thumb, and I'm sure I'll, I'll ruin a lot of movies for you guys, but your third build actor is always the villain. <laughs> so, because they have to be big enough to people to care about the villain, but you know they can't be... You know, the actual star, so... Yeah, also we're on Kree planet. What are you talking about? We know the Kree are villains, too. Well, no, but not all Kree. Yeah, but they're Kree. <laughs> Anyways, they set it up like... My prejudices oh, well, the, are showing, Yes, yeah, you're blue hate. Wow. Blue hate. Blue hate. Wow. <laughs> so, I, once again, I'm, I'm not shocked about that. But then the real meat of the movie gets started when we see... Uh, and a familiar face walk up to the security guard and ask him, you know, some questions. And he turns, and it's a young Phil Coulson. Da, 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 da. Very excited, awesome. very excited. And then we get the knock on the the you know the phone booth, and it's a young Nick Fury. And I have to say, once again, once again, I mean, Marvel's done this before, not to this extent, but it is amazing. The entire how good thing looks how great. good. Mm-hmm. their de-aging looks it, it blows my mind because perfect. you know what and, and a testament to it is this when you first see it when he's first there like oh my gosh this is crazy but then the rest of the movie i don't think i ever thought of it again nope i don't think i was ever like oh that, wow that like that's a testament to how good it is i'm just I was like just that's like, a young right, nick fury it's sam jackson yeah. like young it was nick just fury. like samuel L. jackson all right so good it's and, the 90s baby but, like and once again we're back we're gonna get something i'm gonna give this movie credit you know it's gonna move <laughs> it's gonna try and move at least when he when they're getting ready to arrest her, I'm like, oh great! Now we're gonna have to go through this whole sequence where she has to convince them, and it has to be no. There's a a uh, scroll sniper set up, almost shoots her, and he sees that he sees her shoot the photon blast. They get in the car, and the train sequence starts. All right, right? so this we start going through the train sequence. They're chasing her in the car. She's on the train. We get our official Stanley cameo, which was amazing. Practicing for the Mallrats. Mallrat, yes. Mallrat yes. script in his hands. Once again, that means it's it's 95. That, that fits. That fits because that would have filmed. That would have come out in late 95. So we're good. We're good. That all works. He's getting ready to shoot. And I know we've seen it like in the trailer a thousand times, but when she punches the old lady, I still laughed. <laughs> I still thought that was so good. Like, Did anybody else? No. <laughs> I was excited to see the reactions of everybody else on the train when that happened. Yeah, yeah I'm like, glad oh, we got that. That was realistic. Don't punch an old lady, lady. And that's yeah. basically what we got. They're like, oh mm-hmm. my God. That really Actually, no. But when I saw the old lady starting to flip around, I'd be like, oh, whoa. This ain't your regular old lady. I'm just I'm getting one of those like basketball prank shows. I did think it was interesting. They're still trying to restrain her yeah. after she's done all this monkey gymnastics right. stuff. I'm like, all right, people. Come on. <laughs> this, ain't gran- this ain't your grandma's grandma. Yeah. Okay. So she does that. Um, she's fighting this scroll. Once again, we've seen it from the trailer. 
And they end up on the roof. She comes back down through the roof, and she's looking, and it's already changed. Now, at this moment, we get another really cool moment in the film that yep. I think is setting up more stuff. We find out a call comes in to Nick Fury, and it's from who's been who's been like following the train uh-huh. in his Oldsmobile with, with, or something with, with Phil Coulson, or so he thought next to him. But it's Phil Coulson, Agent Coulson's on the the land. So he turns over, and they start fighting. They get into a terrible car accident. And I was like, all right, they're setting us up for some more good stuff because that's what the scrolls bring to any story. Yeah. They can be anybody at Shapeshifter Man. At any moment, they can be anybody. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. So then Brie Larson's um, Captain Marvel, I think what, she loses him? Doesn't she lose him? Yeah, she loses the the, the, the scroll in there. But she finds the information that he dropped. She puts it in her little little, arm thing. The little rock. Crystal. Because they get their information from crystals, apparently. And she puts it in her little thing. It scans it. She's got some info. She gets the name of the bar. That's where she gets the name of the bar. So we see her, because it has like the images knew, from her head. They Those knew, are all yeah, the images from her head. They knew some That's, stuff from, from pulling the memories out of her brain. Are you, are you Speaking of too much exposing, come on. I want to talk about how I feel about this film. Then talk about We're it. We're just telling the story. I've heard the story. I saw the movie. Yeah, I know. It's boring me now to, like it did in the theater. All right. Well, then talk about it. <laughs> How did you feel about that purple rock she put in her arm wrist thing? I didn't care. You didn't care about the rock? No. <laughs> well, the rock doesn't care what you care about. Okay? That's right. That's right. It was too easy. It was too perfect. Of course, he drops this little rock. You know, that it goes along with my overall feeling of the character didn't have any true challenges. And so didn't have a chance to show real dynamics. So I don't necessarily blame Brie Larson for having a flat character because it wasn't written in that she had very much dynamic. It's like, oh, here's the next step and here's the next step and here's the next step. It's all laid out right in front of her. There was no challenge. There was no question. There was no drawback. There was no real hard well, thing. Well, then we'll, here, pause punch it, this. We'll, pause it, we'll pause it right here then for a second and we'll talk about how um, I think the problem with that is they were so concerned with making a quote unquote, you know, strong female character that they just made a strong character with no challenges. Too strong. No, 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 not even, not, it's not even that. It's just she doesn't have anything to overcome. That's what I'm saying. Anything, She's too she strong. Everything. everything happens. And so if you want to write a strong female character who also has, doesn't remember her past, is real sarcastic, right? But has depth, look no further than Marvel's own Jessica Jones. Yes, that is how you write exactly. a great character. Gender doesn't matter, and and it's so awesome with Jessica Jones. Like how many times like she's underestimated, and she ends up like bending steel, and the guy's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like I love every single one of those moments. I I love. When I did, absolutely when did we get love surfer guys. And <laughs> Jessica Jones in, in but, any season. But my my point is. Like once again, she didn't remember her past. She she's real sour about it. She's real, you know, sarcastic and she she has she has actual challenges. She has things she has to overcome. But at the end of the day, a lot of the things that she has to overcome are the demons inside of her. Right. It's not even these external forces because once again, Jessica Jones, as far as street level characters are concerned, she's overpowered too. I mean, she can jump super high, she can essentially fly, she can pick up cars, she can bend steel, she can do all that. But that's why the story isn't focused on external threats. It's about internal. Right. It's about mm-hmm. what can you overcome? What are you setting yourself up for, right? And I was like, oh, that would be really interesting. That's a great way to tell a story. That's a great way to write a character who just happens to be female, and she's super strong. Like, okay, cool. I'm on board, you know? 
This is, she's a girl, get out of the way. And I think the, I think the film is, is hurt by that. I, I think we, we're, there's an injustice done when she doesn't actually sit and analyze these dreams that she's having. Instead of her like feeling this conflict between, I've had a life in the past, very obviously, and now I've only got this point that I can remember from living on this planet, basically, and I see these things and I understand these things. I never get the feeling that in her normal day-to-day, she's actually grappling with those things. It's not creating a conflict in her actions. Her actions are all still very, I've got a mission, I'm going about part one to part two to part three. And there's never really this moment, even when we finally get to meet her best friend, where she feels like she's really grappling. It's like, eventually, when she sees some photos over, it's like, oh yeah, okay. There might be something to this more than I'm giving it really credit for. Okay, now I'm best friends with this person. Yeah. There's there's never this fight. There's never this struggle. No, there's never a struggle in her. And since there's no struggle, there's nothing she for her to overcome. The fact that she, because she believes that she's Cree, right? Isn't like like she's completely like she does. She keeps claiming she doesn't know who she is. Right. But then she keeps following these rules. It, it doesn't make much sense Cause, to me. Because what I'm saying is like. Yeah, I agree. Like, like she never wants to be like, look, I know you think that I'm this person, but I'm not. She even says that. She says it once again. Show me. Don't tell me. They but, just say things then, that mean then, nothing yep. in and, this movie. And then, but then she actually is. And it's like. But look, let's reel it back in real quick. We, this is where we have Nick Fury taking the body of the dead scroll because the scroll got killed that was sitting next to him in the car. Right. And he takes it in. And once again. Ben Mendelsohn, who plays Talos, is playing his boss. So once again, I'm not shocked here at all because I know who Ben Mendelsohn is. I know he was cast in the movie. Yeah. And here you go. Here he is in the flesh and he's playing Fury's boss. So there was, there was no big like, oh my gosh oh, moment when yeah. he's you know next to the alien. They had that funny scene where they lifted up the sheet. I mean, I thought they both played that pretty well that, for what it was. was. I thought yeah. it was pretty lowbrow humor, but their reactions were, were great. So I was like, all right, that's pretty funny. So they stick with that. So now Fury meets up well actually no let's not let's go over one more one more scene she has to steal a motorcycle prior to that she has a map out she's in an internet bar before she uses the map and we get a joke about Uh 56k internet period piece don't you get it don't you remember Mm -hmm. the weird noises aren't you loving this i used to go to internet cafes yeah so she realizes she's gonna have to use a map she's out there and this guy on the bike's like revving his engine and he's yeah, like, like cool, hey, baby. And he's, I think about you and Mike when I see yeah. this scene. I'm like, this is exactly how you guys act. And how often do you rev your yeah. and he's like and he's like, smile for me, baby, or whatever. And she's yeah. like, uh-huh. thing, you know. And and once again, that's because they're playing they're playing on that whole trope of like, oh, women have to smile or whatever. Yeah. I just want her to show any emotion. I don't care if she's smiling. I don't care if she's angry. I don't care if she's happy or sad or anything. Yeah. Show me something, please. Give me a Jessica Jones please. response right there. Yes, something. Yeah. Jessica Jones would have. Jessica Jones wouldn't have waited for him to go inside to steal the bike. That's the best part. Right. She Jessica Jones would have blasted him, you know, off yeah. the bike and stole it. That's my point. And say then, and then be like, smile. She have you ta- smile or something she, like that. She wouldn't have taken new clothes. Jessica Jones would have kept her clothes. Broken, not only just stolen the motorcycle, she would have also broken into the liquor store, and she would have gotten the bike. I need your boots and your motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get that, and she goes to the bar, all right? And once again, she has these flashbacks when she walks into the bar of like, oh, this life that was previously lived. And it seems like this really intense thing, and she asks, oh, where's this picture taken? Because, of course, there's pictures of top-secret jets and bars everywhere, because <laughs> this is exactly the Pegasus, you know, 
she recognizes a symbol, and of course, it's a Pegasus yeah. jet. I'm like, yeah, just like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's just a pig, yeah, it's He's on like, the it's from an airport. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then Nick Fury shows up, and they're talking. And I actually like this scene between her and Nick Fury, but once again, I love, I'm liking I love Nick the, Fury. I love the two of them together. I love, which, which I guess you can say is, is the senior actor more experienced actor kind of carrying it a little bit i mean i felt like anytime samuel jackson really in anything but especially in this movie if he's with anything i'm liking it you know when he's with goose the cat i like it but it's not because of goose yeah. the cat it's because samuel jackson's selling it you know when he's with captain marvel i'm, I'm liking this because samuel jackson is selling it he's doing a lot of having li- uh, heavy lifting here and even her delivery in this scene i'm not happy with like she shoots the jukebox and she's like it's photon blast Skull can't do that. And I, like, I, I just, I just figured, but, but you know what? I'm glad that the that Nick Fury's reaction was the same as mine, and he was like, and yeah, exactly. But she would know that that doesn't prove anything. Yeah. I, 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 their their whole scroll creed test of how it didn't make sense at all. To me, if anyway. you know somebody, it does. But how does she know that the answers he's giving aren't made up? Yeah. How does she know anything more about the information he's giving if she hasn't been here for six years? And how would he know? Because he her? didn't say "uh" before his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't don't you ever? If you have a speech impediment, you're not going to last very long as a Cree. Like he was thinking about it too long. <laughs> <laughs> you got twenty holes in you, turning into Swiss cheese. <laughs> I want to do a spinoff of the Gosh, Cree it's with like, the stutter. And then, it's like the toll booth. Then, it's like the toll booth scene in The Godfather. Like my goodness and gracious. Then, and then when they don't turn into a Cree after you kill them, what happens you then? You just spray paint their face green. You're like, got another one. <laughs> Bag them and tag them. Bag them and tag them, boys. Got another one. Try to sneak in. Let Try God in. sort them out. That's right. Right, that's right. Let the supreme intelligence handle him. It was his day to join the collective. Star Force Diaries. Star Force Troopers. October 13th. Shot a girl on a date. Thought she was a scroll. Turned out I was just bored. So turns are fire. Yeah, right. Like, we, we, anyways, they they it's it's ridiculous, but I like the scene because Nick Fury's there. They decide they're gonna go to this base to check out all the stuff. Okay, see what's going on. See what's going on, and they have that funny little exchange where he's like, "Well, you look like somebody's little niece, so take this hat." And it's a shield. And she's like, "What is this? Like, it's a shield logo." She's like, "Does it help with covert operations when you put your logo on everything?" You know, I was like, "That's funny." Because this is where she's actually coming into her own just a little bit. She's a little a, bit. She's across from Samuel L. Jackson. We're getting the only bit of emotion that I ever get from her is this like side smile from the corner of your eye, kind of. Huh, I'm being a little sassy now, aren't Got I? Some snark. And it's hard for me to hate any woman in a Nine Inch Nails T-shirt. I will say. <laughs> I will say it could have been that too. It could have been that. I'm just being honest. But this is, I mean, once again, not to take it completely back to something else we were talking about, but with our other review of Aquaman, we talked about how, like, don't ask your actors to do things that they're not capable of. And I'm not saying that Brie Larson's an Academy Award winner. It's not that she's not capable of doing these things, but we talked about how you pair actors with other actors that right, yeah. bring their performance up. And I think Samuel L. Jackson being more comfortable possibly in his character because he's played Nick Fury for so long, but, even though he's doing a younger version. Yeah, this is a different Nick Fury, though. Which I liked. I loved and, that. And it was Did even, you like that, Morgan? I, you were, you I, were a little I, I thought it was kind. It. I thought it was kind of weird that he was like so giddy and so, like I don't know, happy. 
And I guess it just shows. I think I think it's just supposed to show you. Are you, you like, saying that you enjoyed Nick Fury more when he smiled? Because we can only apply that to him because he's a man. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. No, but it, it's. I just like. I, I, I you know, it's. I, I, I'm guessing it's a play between like going from agent to director. He had a lot of of nasty experiences yeah, in between course. that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's this is him before, you know, this is him early pre jaded. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I thought it was like, you could still tell it's Nick Fury, but it's a different approach. Right. Like which, which makes sense. He hasn't been fighting demons from other. So worlds. they ask about right. this lady and they're put in solitary confinement and he uses some tape to get them out, you know, gets the fingerprint and then they go to another mm-hmm. room. Has anybody tried that before? I, I've never been locked up by Pegasus. You know, DARPA. DARPA's never locked me up, so I haven't had the opportunity to. I've tried to take fingerprints off of things in the past. It's really difficult. It is. You have to have like Cheeto fingers. I'm not gonna let you, you have I'm not to gonna have let this fingerprint dust on the oils to lift the Give me your fingerprint dust. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. I'm just saying. Anyways, he, got, he does that he and they go to job. a door and we get the joke about she just photon blasts it. Which she does it. No, it it was great. It makes me think, why'd she go so hard on the jukebox a couple of scenes earlier? (laughs) But yeah, sure, you know, okay. She obviously can control this because it doesn't blow the doors open. And he's like, oh, you just, you watched me play with tape. You could have blown this thing up. And so they go in there. And once again, the movie is trying to set us up like, oh, there's this big mystery. This crash happened six years ago. Like, oh, she took herself down and a pilot. And you're like, oh, my gosh. I wonder who that pilot (laughs) might be. The pilot we saw from the very beginning of the film. (laughs) And it's supposed to be played once again. In all of the trailers. It's played to this whole, like, she's discovering and it's this big moment. But as an audience, I'm like, you already know. You're moving We're already 30 minutes past this. We're like, all right, let's get going. All right? And earlier, he used his pager because he thought, hey, I'm going to need some backup. And the bad guy shows up, Ben Mendelsohn, that we now know, you know, is a scroll from the way he was kissing that other scroll's forehead. And they get in the elevator, and we know from an earlier scene that everyone calls him Fury, and he calls him Nicholas. I just so. realized he was, like, smelling his face right after looking at his penis. Yeah. Well. Awkward. To each their own. Hey, it's, it was, it's been a long war, and he's been looking for his family <laughs> yeah. for a while now. You get lonely in them foxholes <laughs> on Torfa. So... He's on the elevator, and Nick, it's in a foxhole. Nick Fury does this thing where he gets off on the actual floor and has him go to floor number six, and he meets back up. And I thought it was actually kind of cool. I, I think more could have been done of it. I was like, oh, we're going to see Nick Fury kind of like in action here, like mm-hmm. avoiding the people. He really kind of throws a rock, <laughs> goes down another <laughs> another thing. Like he's doing things in this movie. I'm like, I could be a super spy. Like, actually, I could what, do that. What, I, I could I could roll microfilm down a row of stuff. He gets caught by Ben Mendelsohn's uh, Talos, and they have a fight scene where it's really just uh, air quotes. Ben. Air quotes. You have to say yeah. that you just air quoted. The air fight quotes. Scene. Fight you, scene. How are you going? How are you going to steal my thing? You created those. How yep. are you? Gonna, I made that up. That was not a thing until I did it. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. I Either also invented way. the peace sign. That was yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> so they get into this fight scene, and Talos beats him, and then. Captain Marvel shows up and saves him. Which is an interesting, it was also like an interesting thing of like, you know, she's on this mission. She she didn't really have a tie to Sam, to, to Nick Fury, you know, and she chose to come back to try and help him 
knowing you know that they're going that they're trying to take him out now well now she knows the parameters have changed she realizes that she's a part of this different than she expected and she knows that somebody else was keeping something from her i mean that's yeah this is after she's seen a picture of herself yeah mind you once again they're not even letting her make interesting decisions so like here's photographic evidence that you were here and she's like well i guess i can change my mind about a few things (laughs) you know like cool (laughs) sounds great no so then we get Agent Coulson not turning them in, which was kind of cool. And then they they get into this. Calls you know, him the new guy. I like yep, that. Yep. Called him the new guy. They get into the little jet, and he's like, can you fly this? She's like, maybe. He's like, that's a yes or no question. I thought that was a fun Very line. Fun. Yeah. Line. Was, they take off, and this is when they realize they have a stowaway. It's a kitty. And it's Arthur not Newton. It's, a, it's goose. It's a kitty. Which, and we see that, that, that Nick Fury is... Very in love person. with these cats. I just have to put this out there right now. I'm disgusted by people that talk to cats like that. And I don't really. You talk to cats really like it. that. I don't really get it. Bunch of puddle puddle puddles. Bunch of puddle puddles. Somebody, bunch of, bunch of somebody bunch get of his cat on his lap right now and see what happens. So I don't really get that. I, I don't really get that. You know, thinking it really took me out of the film because no one talks to animals like that. So we get uh, Goose the cat, which I thought was going to be. Uh, uh, another character to be totally honest the way the cat kept showing up i was a little surprised it was still just a cat but yeah i was which i thought was kind of was was great still i thought i was going to be a scroll yeah i was like who is this scroll that's following them around like i thought the cat was going to be a scroll yeah me too you guys are you're thinking about this more than the writers did okay (laughs) you you gotta tune it back a little bit here and uh so this is where they go they go to louisiana though this to meet with her old friend. This which is what you were talking about. This is, um, but it brings up, you know, my biggest disappointment of this movie is that it's a it's a movie based in the nineties uh, slash, you know, eighties about fighter pilots, and it did not once have Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone in it. I mean, I mean, like it was perfect. Maybe Marvel slash Disney couldn't afford the music rights. <laughs> <laughs> right. They probably own Top Gun. Like, right. I'm just is saying. that a Fox movie? Yeah, maybe they do. <laughs> they already had one goose. They couldn't bring in another. Yeah, I'm which just... his name in the comics was Chewy, but they changed it to Goose, obviously as a Top Gun reference. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I just wish they could have done more Top Gun references. They could have done more. Let's if talk this, about the nostalgia. If this like was we, Taika we Waititi directing this, it would have been nothing but Top Gun references. Well, my point is. They say in it's in the 90s, but you never feel that. After the blockbuster <laughs> no. scene, it's just not there. Yeah. Anywhere here. The music they're all listening to, they give you a little bit of a 90s. nod in music. Yeah, like I remember, I remember my mom and sister having some of these cassettes. Like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I remember this song being big, but like it's not like that, the that Nirvana was song. Which, yeah. honestly, I'm kind of okay with you guys. Like, seriously, I don't need to be going to 90s night down at Back Booth for me to feel like it's the 90s. Like, the 90s, to me, was not that long ago. My car came out a year after this film was made like in this time period <laughs> agreed but they're saying it's a period piece like at least at least at least like take advantage of that i'm saying that might give it more character and more flavor like look at the guardians of the galaxy films those aren't even period pieces but that music the way that they use it makes you yes. feel like it's a period they did piece. not they did not use it at their disposal so yes. that's what i'm saying at least use what you have to create a sense of all right we're you know we're in this place in time yeah. and this is what's well, on the radio happen. currently not just playing in the background yeah it's 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 kind of weird how they do that and and i i also wondered because like i agree with you i didn't feel like it was in the 90s outside of the obvious like plugs if that blockbuster but scene does not time, happen i wonder is that because we do remember the 90s and it doesn't seem like 
you know, you we're, we're watching him drive, you know, like the, this Oldmobile Buick or something, you know, we, that's not to us. That's completely yeah, it's not plausible. Weird to us. Yeah. Right. The, to me, I don't see that. And I think of the nineties, I just think of that's a car driving down the road. Right. You know, so that I, was all the cop shows of yeah. our entire like so, life. So until that's we were a teenager. so that's one thing that I wonder. Maybe I need to see it again to kind of see if that's how I feel. But and you sit back a little further this time. Yeah. Well, all right. So, so did you guys see the Cardi B and uh, Bruno Mars music video that's supposed to be set in the nineties? Where they're driving the same sort of cars, like olds and cars. Oh, is that what a nineties period piece means? To me, that was a nineties period piece because <laughs> it was to this generation who isn't like from the nineties. Kind of like we're not technically from the eighties. But we all have this like '80s nostalgia. These '90s kids that song, have this '90s that song's nostalgia. Like 2K. It's the two K song. Yeah, Ooh, look good together. Yeah, exactly that one. I, I don't know. You do know it. You know the uh, song. No, I don't know the video. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I might know the song if it's in Madden or Two K. I know it. You gosh, know dang it. it. I am plugged into popular culture. Thank you very much. <laughs> but that one was very no, much a '90s into you. throwback. <laughs> the clothing was all very '90s. Yeah, they, I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. It felt it felt like it immersed you in this time period, and you know this this film did not immerse me in the nineties. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was the only point I was making. But she shows up, and she she shows up looking for her friend, mm-hmm. and they have this little meet and greet. So the I don't know I I don't know at what point it was where they're having like the conversation where it was like back and forth. Well, I when I saw this movie, I went to the what's the theater where you like recline in the seats. It's just a theater. It's, it's, it's yeah, a theater where cool you can. Rec- it's the reclining cool. seat theater. It's awesome. But I bought my tickets kind of late, so I had to get like kind of close. And I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. And so when I'm watching the scene where they're like talking back and forth, I'm literally having to turn my head all the way to the left to see the left hand side to see Brie Lars or uh, uh, her friend. I don't remember her name, the character's name. Mon- uh, Maria Rambo. 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 That's right. Interesting choice of name. I love Rainbow. But it's spelled like you'd think it yeah. would be spelled from Louisiana. And and uh mm. and Brie Larson, you know, mm. is on the right. And so I'm like having to t- sling my head left to right as I'm trying to watch like these people act, you know. And like it was How dare the directors use forced perspective. Yeah. No, no, I didn't I'm, know we were reviewing your poor life I'm, decision. I'm, yeah. like I'm just saying it was late. like so like <laughs> That's I didn't, on you. I feel like I didn't get a good look at some of these some of those scenes. <laughs> you didn't I'm, miss much. I'm literally you didn't miss much. I've seen I'm it three literally times. like having to turn my head all the way to the left. I say you didn't miss much, but I'll say this much. Um the actor that's playing uh Maria Rambeau, and not this scene where they're out by the plane. But when they're in the kitchen and she sits, she she sits down next to her and she tells her like how she's feeling. I thought she did a really great job with that. One of the best emotions like, of the film. She Absolutely. was she like I genuinely thought she had not seen this person in a long time. They were they were really strong, you know, like they had a strong connection. And I was like, wow, like she really sold me on that. And I was yeah. like, she did a really great job with that yes. scene. Like she had very little time in this movie, but when she shows up, she's a yeah. powerhouse. Mm-hmm. I was like, more of her, please. Definitely felt <laughs> her. Yeah. Like I, I thought I'd watch the whole film with her. Could it make Captain Marvel black? Well, her daughter becomes a version of Captain Marvel. I think it's like Photon or yeah. Phaser or something like that. Well, the thing is, the thing about Rambo is that you can see her like. She's matching the stoicism of Captain Marvel. She's she's realizing that this person is not going through all of the same emotions that she's going through. And yet, we still see those emotions happening within her. Her character on the outside is portraying this 
I'm going to be just as cool about this as you are. While on the inside, you can see that she is straight up torn and like dying almost to have this friend all of a sudden here, but still not here. And it's beautiful. It is. Why couldn't we have that with Captain Marvel when she, like, once again, we've brushed over just like the movie does when she shows up in that bar and she's having all these little vignettes of memories. Mm -hmm. Then she's talking to Nick Fury and she doesn't have any reaction to having this flood of memories come back to her. Mm -hmm. Like, it's nothing. Like, in that moment that we get with Monica, we should have had that with Carol Danvers throughout the film. There should have been multiple moments of her coming to grips with who she was, who she is now, and who she wants to be. But we never get that. And so, like, it's so, because she has that scene where she's going through the pictures and stuff. And like you said, that should have been throughout the entire movie, not condensed into one part, because she's learning throughout this entire movie that she seems like she had a life here. So, yeah. It's it's frustrating, to say the least. But the movie speeds through that, even. And... and I want to, I want, oh, no, no, no. We're moving on to, yeah, to where the good, the, yeah. yeah. This where is the, where, once again, I want to give props to Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. He gives a performance in this movie that oh, I was not so expecting. Yeah. Yes. He is chewing the scenery. He knows what movie he's in, yes. for sure. And he is having a blast here. He shows up. We get the little um, Pulp Fiction reference with the, uh, <laughs> the shake. Yeah, the shake in mm-hmm. his hands. It comes, and it's such the way that they frame that shot. I wish I could have that blown up and just put on my wall. Like, it's a modern-day movie. We have a man in full-blown scroll alien makeup, and then out from the bottom of the frame comes this shake, and he just starts sucking sucking it down, and I'm like, this is amazing. And he shows up, and he's trying to explain to them what's going on, and so he comes to them and says, I have a black box, which has the information that you guys need on it. You might want to hear. It's going to help explain things better. But I want to pause here for a second and just, like, why why didn't he take this approach originally? Not the black box, because I'm sure they didn't get that till they came to Earth. Right. But I feel like maybe some of these things could have been said prior to this moment in that's, time. That's what yeah. I Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Now, mind you, like, there's, you know, Cree propaganda, and, and you know, they're probably not, the scrolls probably aren't getting messages out. But yeah, apparently... The- I meant when he had her. Yeah, he had her on the ship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, like, no, no. Instead no, of kidnapping no. her, flipping her upside down, and reading her brain... No, but that's what I'm saying. Movie. Like, that's why that's why maybe a lot of the people on Hala don't know about this, but that's what I was going to say, but he had her. That's yeah. what that's yeah. where I was going with that. Yeah, like, who cares about everyone else on Hala? Just her. Yeah. And he has her on Gently his ship. Gently wake her up. And, Excuse me, miss. And, and this is going on. he eventually saw her now. superpowers. If he can manipulate her memories, surely he can get across a clear message but maybe of what he, they're going yeah, through. And, and Why not manipulate his own memories and let her see this is what happened? This is what the Kree are doing? I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought that that would come back into play somehow. Once no, again, wait. I'm what do you mean manipulate her memories? They were looking into her memories. Right. They were making her focus and remember things that she couldn't quite do on her own. That's what you mean by manipulating. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were manipulating it. it, it, I thought you were talking about the characters that she was seeing in her memories. That was them manipulating it. No, 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 no. Okay, good. And obviously the Kree had manipulated her memories too, which might have been why it was hard for them to to Well, that I believe is really just uh, something that was taught. That she, you know, she didn't have a very clear understanding of her memories. And so she was projecting what she expected to see. Yeah. I don't think that was so something that was So she expected a scroll her. to be there. Right. She expected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 that's, that's what I thought. So they listen to the black box, and we get to see the full picture for the first time of what happened. 
and there's supposed to be yet again this big, oh my gosh, moment where instead of the Kree walking out of the fog and smoke, it's Jude Law as Jan Rog. And I'm like, yeah, we saw this coming like an hour ago. Yeah. I not, once again, not into this. Like we're, we're already, I'm at the end credits. Like now by this point, I'm like, let's go, <laughs> please. So was anyone shocked by this? No. Nope. No. No, I, no not even I, close. I, I no. wouldn't say I was, I, I wasn't shocked, but I enjoyed, you know, typically the, the scrolls aren't seen as, they're, t- they're typically, you know, they play villains in the Marvel general universe. And so I thought it was a nice little twist of them being the victims and they're actually not that bad. I, it's just kind of weird that like, you know, they really portray, they, they really portrayed themselves as like horrible, you know, like they were shooting, they had a sniper trying to take, take her out and, and trying to do all this stuff, you know, that really made them seem bad. Like they beat the crap out of Nick Fury, you know, and then, oh, but we're the victims. And it was just kind of a, I enjoyed the twist, but I just I thought it was kind of a weird, weird, uh, I just, twi- weird moment. I I didn't enjoy the twist because it wasn't a twist. I was like, this has been on the wall for the last hour and a half. You know, like, well, I mean, as far as like the scrolls, like kind of, it was di- maybe not a twist, but different. Okay. Like, okay, they're not typically seen that way. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Tim, you want to say anything? <laughs> right all right i was just making sure your mic was still on honestly no. i was like geez louise talking my goodness so then we get this cool scene where they figure out that the um the station that captain marvell we find out that dr lawson was marvell and and like yeah they've been looking for uh coordinates but for somewhere really on the planet in orbit yeah and there's this great scene where talos <laughs> is angry at his guy's like you're my science guy <laughs> yes. Every, like everybody in the I room was that. like, it's physics. Yeah, it's it's, it's like up basic, there. Yeah, it's right up there. I thought that was a great moment. And then he says, you know, like, well, hey, your ship that you have can handle it. I can handle modifications. They modify it and they they jet they jet out into the hold atmosphere. On, on. I want to talk about like I know they say something along these lines, but they convinced a single mother to leave her only child to go in this rickety bucket of bolts that they like rigged together to fly into space to fight you know oh that was aliens. no convincing that was definitely no convincing yeah this is this is her, her jonesing to be a, a fighter pilot like come on and she won her entire life to be a fighter pilot go. now she can finally be one i i will agree though but i i i saw the same hypocrisy that her own daughter saw which was like you're gonna now think that this isn't a good idea when you've been testing these experimental planes for the last however many years right. yeah. like that like I mean, yeah, going up against an alien force is probably a little higher on the Richter scale, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It, 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 yeah. it, it is what it is, you know. So I, I did love, once again, Talos gets a great scene here. They're leaving the atmosphere, and Nick Fury's like, is this normal uh, space turbulence? And Carol Danvers is like, yeah, pretty much, and it just shows Talos, and he just shakes his yeah. head no <laughs> at him. Like, no, no, this is not normal. I was like, that's so great. That's so great. He's yep. giving such a great performance. Yeah, meanwhile, he's freaking out about the cat the whole time. Yes. He's like, get that thing away from me. This is not a cat. It's a flurkin. Which, that's straight out of the comics. Like, even the way that the tentacles and everything are drawn is straight out of the comics. So mm-hmm. once again, I, I love seeing it, but it wasn't like some big, like, oh my gosh. 
I knew he wasn't a scroll. Now, as somebody who's never read the comics or anything, to me, it seems are all cats flurkins? Because I believe cats no. are aliens anyway. I think no, all no. cats are flurkins. Not all cats are flurkins. Are you well, sure? Maybe maybe that Budge. could be a conversation for another podcast. Maybe that's a sequel we'll get. Thank goodness. Oh, a so, mini series about yeah. about <laughs> Goose the flurkin. The Netflix series. They cancel all those shows. We get Goose yes. like seven seven uh, <laughs> seven seasons of Goose. That's what we want. So they go up to the space station, and before they can see it, they have to decloak it, and they land. And there's this scene where they're starting to see all these things. You can tell that Talos knows something the rest of the group doesn't. He starts to walk a little faster. Then they see some coffee, and it's still hot. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Then there's more scrolls. He does Actually, he does the same thing they do on Mac and Me. He kind of does the whistle thing, like... (laughs) And it brings them all out. (laughs) <laughs> they can't see my face so it's not as funny but it's like right out that's what i was thinking it was mac and me which is never good when you're in a movie and you think this is like mac and me so <laughs> that's just a litmus test for you guys out there you you filmmakers so he does his little mac and me moment and and everybody comes out and we we see that he apparently has um his wife and children i mean i didn't see a ring his, i don't i don't want to assume his anything par- his, his mate his partner his mate so he has a daughter, they have a sweet moment, and then Star Force arrives. Those evil sons of guns show up, and we're like, oh no. Oh, and we skipped over a little thing. They have the Tesseract there, apparently. Yeah, that's, that's what she was working on the whole time. I'm cool. still It was confused. the source of her power. Yeah. Well, yes, it was, but then why was the, why were they after the drive in the first place? Well, because I, she, 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 Captain Marval, Captain Marvel, Marvel, Marvel uh, created um, something based on the Tesseract. So what she created was similar as a power source to the Tesseract. Is what I got. Hmm? That's what I took away. And that's it why just they seems like it. it just seems like it was a big waste of time for them to go after this thing that they already knew had been destroyed, instead of just going after the Tesseract. Well, they didn't know that it was the Tesseract. Oh yeah, I think they're just following the clues back. Yeah, yeah, they did go. From they wanted her lab. Know. Yeah, I want. They s- wanted like the schematics or, or of the power source or something. Yeah, I, I want to say Ronan knew it was the Tesseract, and we can go into that later. Did he it, know it was a Tesseract? Odds are there was some foreshadowing there as to why he wanted them to go. I mean, because if you think about Guardians, he was trying to do that too, or in the first Avengers. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, he wasn't after the Tesseract and Guardians. He was after the Orb, which is the Power Stone, not the Space Stone. Yeah, and he didn't even stone. know the Orb was the Power Stone until he broke it apart. Once he realized that, that's when he broke his deal with Thanos. Hmm. Anyways, so they... I was trying to... Re- I was actually trying to remember, wait a minute, where did we get the Tesseract from? I was, well, Nick, Nick Fury has it, it in his whole, possession. Yeah, like, we'll it, figure out how that happens in this movie. Can't wait to talk about it. So... There's this huge fight that ensues. She's like, hey, Nick, I need you to hold on to the Tesseract while I create a distraction for you guys. And what happens? I'm not touching that thing. So <laughs> then what happens? The flurkin eats it. Yes, the flurkin eats it. So I guess you guys were super surprised because you thought it was a scroll? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was surprised, and Very. it was exciting. And it was exciting. It was exciting. It was exciting, and I was surprised. You see it as the evil demon that it's made out to be. There you go. So that's our first... It's still... I don't know. That looked like a normal cat to me. But the problem is that that first first moment works, and it's pretty cool. 
And then five minutes later, they're going to do the same joke. <laughs> the exact same setup. The exact same thing is going to happen where it eats the guys and takes care of the bad guys. And then I'm like, cool, we just saw that. With well, the then they follow the rule of threes and they try to do it again and it goes wrong. And But yeah. once again, the rule of threes is great when it's not Formulaic. within three minutes right. of itself. Right. Three things outside of three minutes. Yeah, like, <laughs> my gosh. So we get this fight scene um, where, oh, no, no, she gets captured. I'm sorry. She gets captured before she breaks out. She's captured. Yeah. And they hook her up to the AI. To the supreme intelligence. And what song is playing? Nirvana. But what's the song? Come As You Are. How did she hear that song? I thought it was Was it Come As You Are? Yes. Mm -hmm. How did she hear that song? When did the, when did, what year did the, the crash happen? 89. 89. What year did she get back? 95. 95. What year did Nevermind come out? 1991. It's track three on that album. Also, she's listening to it on vinyl. It didn't come out on vinyl to the following year in 96. You really had way too much time during your third viewing. I'm just saying, when did she <laughs> also? You're also talking like the biggest Nirvana fan. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not even the biggest Nirvana fan, all right? The problem Second is biggest. the problem is they could have picked any of the songs and their yeah. things for her to be listening to in her own head. This is when we're in her head. It could have been Tears for Fears. It could have been Everybody anything. Wants to Rule the World. Yeah. Anything. Anything could have been great, but it's specifically that song, and I was like, that's really weird. I don't know. Because so you can't have knows. a 90s piece without thinking of Nirvana. Right. Like, without grind. Yeah. So yeah. then we get to the big, she's, she's in the AI, and this is the whole crux of the whole thing, I guess. That would have been Danger Zone. There you go. Come on. That could have been Danger Come Zone. On. The AI says, you know, oh, how are you going to get out of here? Because she tries to light her fist, even though it's a battle in her brain. And she says, anything that's given can be taken. And remember, without us, you're just human. And she makes her watch all her stuff. But we realize she gets up. Not a gymnast, Maury. Yeah. And once again, she, I guess, lights her fists up and then attacks the Supreme Intelligence and breaks out. I really feel like this could have been a moment for us to see something about the character that wasn't her lighting her fists up. I'm um, also also this was a uh, we got the Pulp Fiction reference, you know, maybe not 90s, but it'd been kind of cool, you know, you know, I can't do that, Dave, or something like that, you know, I don't know. some that's, kind that's of too much. That, you think the, the, too Annette much? Benning's uh, AI performance is what it is, but. It's just weird that she solves her problem once again by just, she, she I don't Punching know, she's something. changed. It's just she knows, yeah, I'm human and does it. It's just as stupid as at the end of Force Awakens when Rey says, yeah, the Force, and then she takes on Kylo Ren. You know, it, it doesn't serve the character. There's no growth there. We don't see how she overcomes any of these emotional, you know, problems she's had in the past. We don't see her have any emotions in the moment. She just glows, and that fixes all of her problems. Well, maybe, yep. like, she... I, I took it as, like, she realized that she was this person, not what the Kree were telling her who she is. But who is that person? Oh, uh, somebody who stood up. <laughs> exactly. Somebody who's got exactly. legs, all right? That, that's my problem. That's my problem. There is no, uh-huh. there right. is no solution. There is no part she of this. She broke the, the cockpit barrier, oh, all right? Wrong, wrong film. Yeah, we, 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 we went right over that. That would have been a much more interesting film, is actually seeing her try and break that military glass ceiling. That would have been more captivating. That would have been more interesting. Would have seen her have to overcome some things. This, she just glows and everything's I mean, I wish they better. would have shown a lot of that. I wish they would have shown more. us how her having emotions 
is was actually, a benefit. Was a benefit. Yes. Thank you. That I mean, she's she finally human. realized that she's, she's not supposed she's not to just Cree. control them, yeah. but we don't. We don't ever see that. And she yeah. she accepts that she has these emotions. Like I have emotions, and now I'm a god. Cool. You know what I mean? It's a Tuesday, it, it, yeah, I guess. You could even show her like getting angry at the yes, AI, you know? Yes, something. Like show any emotion. So she busts out and she goes super saiyan. That's when the flirking thing happens where she hands the test right because she gets it out of that room. And then I think this is one of my favorite song choices because it's perfect. We get to hear No Doubts. Uh, yes. Just a girl. I thought yes. that was perfect. I thought that was a fun fight scene. Yeah. She's fighting her old teammates when she's finally like, she has so much power that she's using it. She's getting used to it. And I was like, that's that's a fun sequence. That was yep. cool. Maybe yep. even more of this in the movie. Like, yep. I don't know. That was a good one. Because once again, this is the most emotion we're going to see of her. It's not even enough, but it's a little yeah, bit more. She's kind of having fun with she's it. She's kind of doing something. Yeah. But it's called Too Little Too Late because this is like the last part of the movie. So then the accusers show up and they send missiles at the Earth and she flies at the missiles and just stops one and then they all blow up and i was like that was easy mm-hmm. and she flies through a ship and i'm like that and was easy she stands there and mm-hmm. says this is my planet you can't enter here basically i mean it's, it's her she's standing as the shield that. with her posture she did i thought she, she stares said, ronan down I, and, and ronan, he's like and ronan's oh, like oh we I better the go pot on time to go it's i all, thought she said i'll take a number two with extra fries it's always sad when <laughs> your cg artists are emoting more for your character than the actor is right <laughs> you know that's 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 never a never a good thing so she goes back down Unless to the earth the by whole. the way there was a whole nother dog fight with minerva and that and is when Rambo. they should have danger zone <laughs> that no, that is when I wanted Danger Zone. It could have been, Danger but it, Zone. It, it, they didn't put it in there. We see that she's a competent pilot, and she takes out Minerva. And then we see um, this is after she's punched out Jan Rog's little spaceship. So he's on the ground. She comes back, and it's supposed there to be the showdown. Boombox act once he's again still in the ship, and it accidentally once again, plays. Is anyone is anyone surprised with how this duel between Captain Marvel and Jan Rog goes down? Was anyone shocked? Was anyone surprised? Well, that I, and like that was just answer her, the question. Were kinda, you surprised? Yes, I was surprised. I thought kinda. it was hilarious that you thought it was it really surprised. I'm like they're cutting back to him so much. We know she's just gonna shoot him. I was not like I saw it coming a mile away. I figured she was gonna shoot him, but I was really hoping for the whole "I'm gonna kick your ass" and prove it to you. And but I liked I actually liked that line when she says, "I don't have anything to prove to you." I'm like, okay, we should like. Uh, there's things here. They just. They don't focus on him. So then we get to see uh, Nick Fury missing his eye because the cat scratched it. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about this? How do you guys feel about <laughs> Nick Fury lost his eye to it was a cat forced. scratch? I felt you it thought was, it was forced. It was definitely like oh, I loved it because this whole time we we're expecting like how did Nick Fury lose his eye? You know what I mean? Like it's been this whole thing like you know, and now oh we're going to find out in this movie. We you know I mean. They didn't tell you you were going to, but you knew but you were going to find out. with two eyes. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what I mean? And, and he actually loses it in such a, like, pitter-patter way. Like, it wasn't like he didn't lose it, like, getting, you know, shot at or anything or being tortured. And now he makes up stories about how he gets it, like, because he's so embarrassed. What do you think, Mike? You know, they played with it. They gave him the one eye injury in the beginning. You're like, oh, is that it? No. And so, like, they kind of teased you with a little bit and then you know i i think it's fine that it was something as simple as as that but 
Because it wasn't it, just it a left cat. me wanting. It was I a don't know. It was scratch. like the rest of this movie. It's, yeah, and, it was and, like here it is. Yeah, that's that's. The I mean, thing when when you get for. answers, they're never satisfying. But this was. I, I don't know if the impulse to go for humor here is one that I'm totally on board with. I'll have to see it ten more times and make my definitely. You know, make my mind up. But then we see that he is working on the Protector Initiative, but he looks a little closer at the picture <laughs> and her nickname was avenger dun, dun, dun. so he changes it to justice league of america <laughs> justice <laughs> no, no, league no, no, of no, europe no, no, no. he actually changed it to the avengers initiative i thought that was kind of cool yeah i mean once again it was just kind of like okay cool I, you know, I like the aspects of this movie as opening his eyes to why he is the person that we see in the other yeah, yeah. Or, yep. or even just like an origin to the avengers movie like yeah it's kind of cool that way so then um, we see her fly off and go find him a home. She's yeah. going to find a home that's, for So these that's scrolls. why she's not here. She's helping the scrolls find a home. So let's talk about the very last uh, end credit scene, and then we'll talk about the end credit scene, and then we'll talk about our, our feelings. So the very last credit scene is how he has the Tesseract in his possession mm-hmm. <laughs> come. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was great because yeah. anybody that has a cat has seen this a million times. That's exactly what they look like when they get. I was sick. gagging. It took like, so long. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that it wasn't quick. So yeah, long. That's what yeah. it looks like. That's the experience. Like you knew what you were. What was going to happen? That cat was emoting all over that desk. <laughs> yeah, I mean that cat probably deserves a nomination. Four different cats the CG played. Cat. Played. Uh, yeah, Reggie was the cat that played him the most though. Right. So he deserves our little star of valor. <laughs> star of so, valor. That's Here like saying Mary Kate deserves it more than Ashley. Who knows? I've always thought it'd be great to frame one of them for something and then see the other one get arrested for it. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy would that be, though? Anyway, so let's get to the real the real reason that this movie is worth <laughs> the price of admission. The Jesse Smollett Award goes to... <laughs> so... We get our first end credit scene, which is actually just a scene straight out of Avengers Endgame. And I will say that this is the best scene in the entire movie. <laughs> Where is he? So even with just like the music, the way the camera's moving, like the way the actors are interacting, you know, you see them and we, we get to see the pager that Fury left in the end credit scene of Endgame. And they said it stopped working. And they're like, well put more juice into it like it's not the battery but it was like put double more juice in it i don't know it's captain america he doesn't fix things you know he's, he's not tony stark he's like punch it i don't know how does it work you know it's like you want me to throw my shield at it gosh dang so then blackwood is like well nick fury knew it was important if he knew it was important like it has to be important and then she turns around and captain marvel's there and she says where's fury Where's Fury? Where is Harvey Dent? And all of a sudden, I get the chills and emotion that I was hoping I'd feel at least <laughs> one other time in this film. But then, how did she? And, get and we kind of glazed over it that the whole pager thing, because he's texting people and she's like, "Give it to me. You can't. Yeah, you can't trust be trusted." It. And then she modifies it and hands it back to him, and so oh, we know how he got the pager. Yeah. So, I just I was I thought it was weird. Like this is the one emergency. That's worth calling her back. Like, I'll say this, this much: time? Kevin, well, Kevin Feige said that we just because we haven't seen him use it doesn't mean it hasn't been used. That was what he was saying. It's true. Oh. So maybe it was used in 2012, and she just like maybe there's a delay. Maybe she was so far out. Maybe whatever. I mean, my my biggest hope would have been if they wanted to really screw with us because this whole time we assumed like oh she's gonna be the hero to save the day. Endgame starts with her getting the the message and then she disintegrated. <laughs> like, like that would just set everything for the rest of the movie in motion. Be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to expect. 
But obviously, that's not what they're going to do. She's going to show up, and it'll it'll be interesting. I that hope. should have been the end credits. You know, scene. The, the the Russo brothers, as we've seen, they they know how to handle multiple characters. They know how to make characters that aren't even you know that are. They came from the Captain America films, but even when they did Civil War and they had Tony Stark and they had Hawkeye, and they had a lot of these characters. Some of their best scenes are in Russo brother films. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so I I have confidence that they're going to do something with it. But we're not talking about Endgame. We are talking about Captain Amar Captain, not a Marvel, Captain Marvel. Marvel. And we are going to finish things up. So, uh, Mike, get us started here. Yeah. Give so, us your overall thoughts you know, and then give us a rating out of 10 from you. For, for a phase one film, which is what we walked out of the theater saying, it felt Not like Not even a phase walking out. Film. The movie ended and we both turned to each other and were like, this feels like a phase one movie. Yeah. Yeah. It in, had, a fa- in a phase three world. <laughs> it had all the same, the same qualities of a phase one film. It's like, you know, kind of trying to build, testing the waters almost in a way, but we didn't need to test the waters with this movie. We, the water was warm. We were all jumping in no matter what. And unfortunately, it left me feeling slightly like I was almost taken advantage of for that very fact. Like, it was, I don't want to say it was a throwaway film, but they knew that every single person who went and saw Infinity War was going to come and see this movie. Every single one. Whether they saw it opening weekend or not, it's going to happen eventually. And so I didn't feel like the effort was really put in to make it a quality Marvel film like I'm expecting. Which, you know, could have been the fact that they treated it like a phase one. Could have been the fact that you used different directors. Could have been a lot of things. But the, the effects, the, the, the imagery was not up to par. Which, you know, we've seen before. We've seen it in Ragnarok. We've seen it in Black Panther. We've seen Dark World, even, was not a great film. And so I put it kind of down there with my le- least favorites of the MCU. It's, uh, you know, it's like a seven. Seven out of ten? Six, six and a half, seven. Okay. Yeah, right right in there. I thought, like Mike, it was just wrong place, wrong time. Right place, wrong time. Like you guys said, it's a phase one film in a phase three world. It it, it honestly should have been earlier in. Way earlier. I would disagree with that. I think its timing is necessary, obviously. It fits the timeline very well. Yeah. And if, but, if we look at it as a phase one film, then I'm actually not totally disappointed with it. If I see it as they're going to be building Captain Marvel's not going away, this is one. I mean, they did, it, they did that same thing with, uh, with Civil War. Like, we had all these characters come together, but we barely knew anything about, like, Ant-Man or, or any of these other characters that were just sort of starting out. And so they're Spider-Man. weaving... Spider-Man. That's what it was. That's what it was. They're, starting, they're weaving these things where they're not just doing, like, this set of characters has their big finale. And then this new set of characters joins in. And then this, they have them overlapping ever so slightly. And so if I look at this as Captain Marvel's finally just like beginning their overlap, and there's going to be like a few films that feature Captain Marvel, then sure, I can compare this more to just Iron Man. But, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, And also it felt, to me, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So I would give it, you know, seven and a half, eight. But it felt, forced like we've got to do something before endgame there's got to be more as to what's going on before endgame gets here so what can we do oh well we can give them the biggest character we got so i don't know it just to me after it was done i've only seen it once it it, it felt misplaced in the timeline in general gotcha all right morgan i i really really liked it i i i can i acknowledge 
you know, a lot of what we talked about as far as flaws. Well, that's why we're here. We wanted to see if you'd acknowledge um, our thoughts on it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, being much smarter than everybody else yeah. here, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to let you guys know that you're doing a good yeah, job. We appreciate you know. it. We appreciate it. Um, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really, really liked it. I thought, I thought, you know, I, I had a lot of fun, you know, between the, you know, Nick Fury, Nick Fury and, Nick Furry. <laughs> that's, that's the other podcast. Nick Furry and Goose. <laughs> Nick Furry and Goose were on the edge but of the be- galaxy. It'd be the last time they'd see each other's eyes for at least a millennium. One flew one way, one flew the other. Their Two hearts, ships Their hearts <laughs> torn asunder. But but Nick, <laughs> Nick Fury and uh, Captain Marvel, I, thought, I, I mean, I had a lot of fun seeing their interactions. Um. You know, I I even felt like they, you know, they they did a, they did, you know, they didn't get too political while still making a female character. You know, it wasn't super in your face. I am woman, hear me roar. You know, no, they just chose to release it on International Women's Day. No big deal. Well, I mean, by the movie itself, anything outside of that, you know, I mean, comments by 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 actors and actresses. But I felt in the movie itself, they weren't trying to get too political. They weren't trying to, you know, I mean. Other people were able to shine, um, and I, I I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I also didn't get to see a lot of like the you're talking about emotes and and acting. I didn't get to see a lot of that. Though so I was too busy. Like like the eyes were all I could see because it's such a huge screen. How close I was, so I didn't get to see. Like, you saw this movie like I saw Batman Begins for the first time. Like, oh so so a lot of the stop reviewing the theater. And yeah. your poor ticket choices. Yeah. No, I'm, like, not, I'm so I'm, much smarter blame, than you guys. That's why I sit two inches away from the screen <laughs> when I go to the I movie. I blame myself. All right, but but so that so I didn't pick up on a lot of a lot of that. Gotcha, gotcha. So well, that might be why. So I what's your it a lot what's more. your out of ten score? I'll give it eight point nine. Eight point nine out of ten. Yes. Where's it rank in the rest of the MCU for you? Not all movies, but just like what's it around for you? What other films? Like, give me the two films above it and like a film below it. I would put it above Black Panther. That's okay. not difficult. Well, in this world, in 2019, <laughs> you can either be sexist or racist. I'm, I'm, you chose, is, you chose the, the latter of the two. Yeah, you That's chose right. the latter of the two. Uh, um, and I would put above it... I'm trying to think of like all the uh, well, if you can't answer, that's okay. Yeah, I thought I'll, it'd be like an I'll, easy answer for you since an eight point nine. I mean, that's I mean, that's like, high, man. Well, I mean, the, I would. I mean, that's dumb and dumber there might, high. There might have only be well, all right, all right. I would put it over it's a quarter pound a week. Uh, Dark World, Iron Man two, Black Panther. I would put it at the top of the bottom tiers. Okay. Interesting. And Interesting. that's an eight point nine to you is the top of your. These bottom are really tier? good movies. I think these are really good movies. What do you <laughs> want from me? Yeah. All right. So uh, for me, you know, like like uh, my my immediate reaction, like I was, we were saying just a couple minutes ago, uh, I turned to Mike and I was like, this felt like a phase one movie. And you guys talk about like, oh, maybe it was the right movie at the wrong time or the you know right time or the wrong movie. I don't know, but. If it had come out in the actual nineties, it probably would have blown my mind, and I would have thought it was the greatest movie ever. Oh yeah! But it's twenty nineteen, and we have we have a higher standard of what a comic book movie can be. I mean, Marvel is the reason we have this higher standard. Well, a big reason why we have this higher standard. And I think they were so excited to be able to say this is our first female-led superhero movie. Like, I feel like if they had just spent just a little bit longer on the script, you know. Like, if they had just spent a little, just a couple more passes. I'm not even saying a lot, because there's some good stuff in here. 
Like it's it's okay. And that's what cracks me up is part of this movie coming out, all the controversies surrounding it. There were groups of people saying it has to be the worst movie ever made, and there were other groups of people saying this has to be the best movie ever made. And what's funny is this movie disappoints both camps at being completely <laughs> mediocre and uninteresting. And that's exactly what it is. It's completely middle of the road. You know, it's like a 5.5, it's a 6, maybe a 6.5. It's not bad by any stretch of the means. It's not like a terrible movie. This is not Marvel with egg on their face. This is not some, you know, way worse than anything else. But it's also not anywhere near their best films. And as we've seen with what Marvel's done, some of their best films have been coming out in the last, you know, four or five years. Mm. So it's been their more recent movies that have been really, really good. It needed a few more side explosions. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know how many side explosions could have saved Brie Larson's performance. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it, it definitely is middle of the road. It's okay. If the movie is on TV and I don't have the remote and I've been tied down, <laughs> I will let it play. Pudges in your You've lap. seen it the most out of everybody here. That's I mean, I want to support it. You know, I want to support it. I mean, it's great. I think it's, it's, a, it's a great thing, but... I just completely middle of the road, completely underwhelmed with it. I was very disappointed. And I just wanted to see more from Captain Marvel. Can I, can I propose a possible reasoning for it being so middle of the road and middle ground? Do you think we're reaching the saturation point of our ability to appreciate really fantastic films that Marvel thought, maybe we'll just pull it back just a second for this one? That way, no. Infinity War and... the. The following or, will feel no, that end, much better. No. Endgame will end feel game, that much yeah. bigger. Endgame no. is just going to be huge. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I think these are because I think, I think in these their are decision, people that made these are people that made an okay film. I don't think they. I don't think Marvel was telling the directors well, and the screenwriters and everybody else. These directors, they did choose these screenwriters, and they thought, well, we're not going to. And, gonna and spend... it's not like they're not present the whole time. Yeah, Marvel's always very interactive with the whole production process and yeah like you okay say but marvel, you, you but say that you, you say yeah but yeah. we can say marvel we can say kevin feige we can say disney whatever they're smart enough to let directors make the movie that they want to make i mean we don't get guardians of the galaxy or thor ragnarok or winter soldier or any of these great movies if marvel's just barreling down on the you're directors right. you're right but they chose no, to choose some DC lesser movies. directors for this one yeah because they're cheaper <laughs> Yeah, that's why they get the people when they get them. You think the Russo brothers got paid to make Winter Soldier, but they're getting paid to make Endgame? So that's what I'm saying, though. Is is, <laughs> yeah. is no. what they're they're instinctually saying? Well, if we do the less, if we hire these directors, it's gonna pull back, and we're not gonna be contributing to this fatigue that but we believe is actually happening. Because I feel it. That's I definitely saying, feel the the, the superhero saying, fatigue. Yeah, but the box office doesn't. People don't. Mm. No. That's just you, buddy. It's getting there, man. The The box office would beg to differ. They're making more money than they've ever made, these superhero movies specifically. I'm not talking about any other movie. Are you talking about netting or grossing? I'm talking about <laughs> these movies money. making a ton of money. <laughs> hand Mickey over Mouse fist. is in the copy so room going... So whether, <laughs> whether or not... I just think it's ridiculous to say, like, like, for instance, James Gunn. They got James Gunn on the cheap. They didn't get him on the cheap because they thought he'd make an okay movie and it would make Age of Ultron look better. That's true. They're all yeah. trying to yeah. make great movies. It just sometimes doesn't work the way they want it to. And I think, especially with this movie, the the subject matter wasn't very political, but the way that it, it was made, I think, was. And I think that's where How they so? stumbled. Well, the way the way that they went about telling this this story, they were afraid to give this woman any challenges. They were afraid to let us see her sweat. How many times do you see 
Tony Stark in a compromising situation. Captain America, Thor, these characters, when they struggle, that makes us, what, do we hate them? We think, so stupid, Thor's weak, oh, whatever, he can't, blah, blah, blah. No, when they're down, you want to see them rise up and be better. And then you get excited, and it's great. We're never given that opportunity in this movie. I mean, what, the first 45 minutes of Iron Man? Yeah, right. He almost <laughs> dies. But even and then Iron Man is locked in a cage. Iron Man 2 has those moments. Iron Man 3 has those moments. The Avengers movies have those moments. You know, all these characters are given chances to fail, to look fallible, to be weak. And when they overcome it, that's why they're superheroes. And this one ramps low and he just goes. This one, she's not given any challenges. And I think that was a concerted effort. They're like, all right, strong female character. That's what we need. Instead of even looking at their own library of Jessica Jones, which I think is a great character who just happens to be female black widow you know like even with black widow we get these little hints throughout the films where she talks about like oh you know i'm from russia i see regimes change all the time like it doesn't bother me all these little things you know it's just far more interesting i don't know so i would yeah i guess uh settling on a 5.5 or a 6 for me at 10 this has been the snap crackle podcast for mike tim and morgan i'm ben and we'll see you guys later Thank you for listening to Snap Crackle Podcast Reviews, Captain Marvel. Be sure to give us a like at snapcracklepod forward slash facebook.com, as well as on Twitter at snap underscore podcast. And look for new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.